business success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. Join RVK for the award-winning RV on Business Show every Tuesday at 12 midday. It's not about thinking out of the box. There is no box. Only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome to 101.9 High FM. It is eight minutes past 12. Thank you so much for joining us. We live in a very, very unique environment and in a very unique time in the world where we had COVID, everything shut down. Within a matter of days, we were at home and we were there for a long time. And then slowly after a year and a bit, we started coming back. But yet there were many, many buildings all over the CBD, all over Santon, and all over the big capitals of the world that were empty. They're now being filled again. And the question is, how does that work? How do companies attract employees to come back to work, keep them happy? How do they attract new talent? And how do they keep people who've been there for many years but have become very comfortable working from home? So there's only one person to go to, and that's Andila Ngunwala, who's the Managing Director of Facilities Management at the Division of Impact Group. Andila, welcome to High FM. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. A great pleasure. Andila, this is an absolutely fascinating topic. And I think of all the jobs that you've had in the past, this one at this particular time must be a really, really pressing job to be a facilities manager because it's no longer about making sure that there's two-ply toilet paper in the bathrooms and that the floors are clean. It's a whole different animal. Absolutely. Look, I mean, you, you, you're absolutely spot on there. We have seen facilities management evolve uh, from what people used to call uh, just genital um, service, um, right? Um, yeah. I think people have started realizing how critical uh, it is uh, to make sure that their, their offices, their buildings function um, properly. That is uh, obvious. The consequence is that um, facilities management has been uh, escalated. People talk about uh, facilities managers moving from basement um, to um, boardroom. Um, that's uh, one notion. And, and what it simply means is that business have realized exactly the kind of value that facilities uh, managers uh, can essentially add to their businesses. Because as you rightly say, these businesses are competing against each other for talent to either attract talent or to retain talent. You know, Andila, we often think about the facilities manager, um, at least in my mind, is some older chap who's been around forever, was there when the building was first built. He knows every pipe, every corner, all the staff and him all get on well or her all get on well. That is not the case today. You've got a master's in engineering. So cleaning yeah. facilities management is a lot more about making sure that things are clean. Let's start at the very, very beginning. You know, when those buildings were empty and people had to come back to work, what is the first thing that you had to sort of prepare to make that experience and that transition as comfortable as possible and I suppose as effective as possible? No, absolutely. So, look, uh, when people were coming back or when companies and uh, organizations wanted to bring people back, I think what was top of mind, um, what's top of mind for everyone was to make sure that everyone is safe 
um, in their buildings, right? So really, it was just uh, at the very uh, beginning, the basic, how safe is uh, everyone? Um, with COVID, I think we all kind of got um, sensitized to uh, our hygiene and making sure that things are safe, uh, our surroundings are safe. So that was really um, the first things that everyone had to make sure that it is done um, properly. The second thing um, that people obviously needed to make sure they put in place is all these um, employees uh, were used to now working from home and having their home comforts. How does um, a company make sure uh, that the office environment is as comfortable as uh, the home office uh, that our people were accustomed to? So that was the second challenge, to make sure that our office environment actually changes from the way that we knew the office uh, um, COVID to probably a new idea of how the office um, should be. And that has led to a number of uh, innovations, um, really, uh, within uh, the facilities uh, management space. Other people will call it workplace man- management in a sense that we now obviously look after the entire uh, workplace. So it looked after, so there was a couple of innovations uh, that we needed to put in place to make sure that the office is as comfortable as what people were used to when working uh, in, in, in their houses. And did I suppose that's where the science comes into it because, you know, um, as I talk to you right now, I'm sitting in my study at home and I'm wearing Crocs. I wouldn't dare walk <laughs> into my office wearing Crocs. But there is definitely something about getting up in the morning and getting dressed no matter mm-hmm. where you work from. Um, it's something that I, I believe very strongly in is that I don't come downstairs to my study in my pajamas. You get dressed yeah. and go to work. How do you balance that where, where Mrs. Susie wants to walk around in a Mickey Mouse slippers and uh, Mr. John walks, wants to walk around in his colored shorts and it doesn't create a sort of an environment that's conducive to working where it needs to be a little bit more corporate without being stuffy. How do you get that balance? So, so look, I, I think um, we're still really in, in the process of trying to get that balance, um, to be honest uh, with you, right? Uh, what we're doing at this point in time is to make sure that the facilities, at least the environment around you, is not the stuffy, right? So you you probably still be uh, required to ditch uh, your Crocs and put on your formal <laughs> shoes, right, uh, when you come um, to the office. But uh, at, at least the office environment uh, needs to be a bit more um, laid um, back. You know, it, it doesn't have to be as upside as what we used to be in the past. And, and, and really what you see is with the generational um, changes uh, that we're seeing right now, there's newer generations coming into the work environment. And they've got different kinds of requirements, um, right? They expect this kind of uh, setup to be a standard setup in the office. They don't want to go back uh, to cubicles um, that uh, our, our our parents used to work in. They want um, they want creative um, spaces. They want spaces to collaborate. They want um, spaces that are open that basically allow uh, engagement. They want spaces that going to take um, their health um, and well-being um, as, as, as priority. So those are some of the focus areas uh, that we actually are putting a lot of focus in um, as facilities uh, managers as well as uh, corporate. You know, Lily, I just gave my, my, my age away by, as I was listening to you and you were talking, I was thinking the last thing I want is a collaborative space. 
I want a quiet space where I know where my stapler is and I know where everything is so that I can fit back into my little mold and just work like a hamster on a wheel that I've, you know, the way I'm used to doing it here at home. Mm-hmm. Has, has that changed? Has the mindset in the younger generation, those who are graduating and coming into the workplace now, is, is that idea of sitting with people, that social element far more important than what we would call quiet space to sit and focus? So it, it, it certainly um, has changed. Um, the requirements and the needs of the newer and younger uh, generation are definitely uh, different from the the requirements that I would have, the requirements that you would have, right? But the, the reality is the fact that we still have all these generations in the workspace. So we need to somehow be able to create an environment that's going to cater for you um, and your uh, space, a quiet um, space, at the same time, somewhere around the corner, be able to cater for um, that young um, millennial who basically wants to go and um, collaborate. Uh, I mean, we've all seen uh, probably that, that movie, uh, that I think it was Google, um, where they, yes. there's really, really uh, fun stuff um, happening at the office. They want football uh, here. They want chess um, over there. You know, um, we, we need to be able to strike a balance. And, and I think that's really where the key is at this point in time is we need to be able to strike a balance. And, and it makes it a, a huge uh, challenge to be able to uh, cater to everyone's um, everyone's needs. Fantastic. And we need to run to the shops. But when, I, when we come back, what I'd like to discuss with you is what people are asking me to discuss with you is the concept of the cost of transport to get back to work, whereas now mm-hmm. there is zero cost involved in that. Let's take yep. a quick break. We'll be back with you in a moment. This is RV on Business. Welcome back to our guest, Andile Mgundwala, who's the MD of Facilities Management Division at the impact group. Sorry about that, Andida. Just had a bit of a glitch there. And Andida, what we were discussing just before the break was the new concept that it does cost you nothing to get to work. And now all of a sudden people have to have that cost to get to work. And we know that it's not only the costs, it's everything that goes with it, especially for parents where you need to make sure your kids are going to school or get to school. Um, it's not like a lot of places overseas where kids can just take themselves off and come back. It's a major logistical issue. How have you dealt with that particular issue? So, look, I, I think that's still um, a big challenge um, for us. And it really, it's one of the reasons where we see the employees uh, essentially pushing back. And not, and not just in South Africa. I think uh, globally uh, as well, uh, people are actually pushing back um, in in, in, in going back um, to the office uh, simply because that's one of the other reasons, you know, uh, just spending, um, I spent about uh, 45 minutes uh, getting from, uh, getting from Centurion to, 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 to Stanton, you know, um, you could actually use that 45 minutes doing something a bit more productive uh, in front of your PC, right? So it, it's not just the cost, it's also um, the, 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 the psychologically, uh, it also just uh, gets um, to you. And I think that's why uh, most organizations have kind of opted to a- at least go with some kind of a, a hybrid uh, model uh, whereby in some days you will come uh, to the office so companies will be like, 
uh, on Monday and Friday, we want you um, to be at the office. Um, but then on uh, Tuesday um, till um, Thursday, then you can actually uh, work um, at home. And I think that, that that's probably one way that um, organizations have tried to at least uh, meet uh, the employees uh, halfway in terms of uh, the challenges um, that are there. Because we, we, we still need to somehow um, collaborate. I, th- I think that's quite important for uh, organizational um, culture. So we still need to um, get that um, going um, some way. And, and like I said, I think some of these things we're still in the process of figuring out. I don't think anyone has got a perfect solution uh, at this point in time. Uh, organizations are still really grappling in terms of what exactly is the ideal and the right um, setup. So it, it's, it's going to be a bit of an iterative um, process, a trial and error, as we try and determine exactly what uh, works. But what we seem to see uh, with most of our clients at this point in time is they they, they seem to, um, to to really believe that the the, the the, the hybrid model, at least, um, seems to be delivered in the right uh, results. You're absolutely right. And I think that's what I've found in my own practice. And that's, I think, the bigger corporates are also finding is that the hybrid is definitely um, a way to go. The The biggest pushback, funny enough, comes from clients where they, they feel that if someone's at home, those days of hearing a dog bark or a baby cry, which was part of the COVID culture, is unacceptable today and all of a sudden people get huffety when it doesn't really make a difference to deliver to, to the delivery service. Um and you yeah. know those, those are the challenges that we need to to deal with. And you know I suppose Absolutely. there's something else that's come up and someone's just sent a message through. Simperia says, you know, all the way through COVID I was not sick. Now that I've come back to the office, I'm getting flu and colds all the time. And that's mainly from parents with little kids who've gone back to crash, getting sick from other kids and now passing it on to us. How do we deal with that? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, look, I, I mean, I, I, from, from an engineer and facilities manager, I, I can obviously give you my perspective, uh, obviously not a medical advice. Look, yes. on, on our side, I, I think... We really, as I said um, at the beginning, there's, there's, there's really a lot of emphasis um, on the hygiene in the workplace, right? So I, I know that we probably uh, have seen the worst uh, of COVID, uh, but that doesn't mean we need to let our gut down. You know, um, back um, in the days, um, you used to have uh, sanitizers, make sure um, you wash your, your hands every hour, even if you didn't touch um, anything. I think it's, it's quite important that we actually stick uh, to that. I, I think that's really our reality at this point in, in time. So we, we definitely need to uh, keep up with that. From a service provider possible uh, perspective or facilities manager perspective, uh, we, we're doing things differently. You know, um, in the past, just an example, in the past, We'll say uh, we've got uh, someone who goes and cleans um, the bathrooms um, every hour, um, right? Um, and it used to happen every hour. But the, the way that we're doing right now, and, and that's this is where technology, and technology is really one of the key areas uh, that we're using as facilities managers to deliver our services. We're using technology, using sensors, using uh, IoT to be able to determine the, 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 the traffic that goes into the bathroom, right? If there's a lot of traffic that goes into the bathroom, then we, we shouldn't actually be waiting for an hour 
to go and, and clean it up, right? We, if there's too much traffic um, within the first 10 minutes uh, of uh, the, the first hour, then someone needs to go out there and make sure that it's properly um, cleaned up. So we, we need to really uh, be a bit more innovative about how we deliver um, the service. You know, um, I, I think in our environment, we've realized that things have changed. I don't think um, we 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 in a position to to be still doing things the way that we used to do them in the past. We need to do things a bit um, differently. And like I said, we 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 we're using quite a lot of technology to improve the way that we do things and react um, better to the situations that we're faced with right now. Fantastic. And, and just something else that's come up is um, this particular lady is talking about different cultures coming back to work. Says all of a sudden, you know, everybody, the office, let me just read it. The lady says, um, the office supplies lunch, but a lot of people don't like what is provided and bring lunch from home. This is one microwave, therefore working over and over and over again. And yet the office becomes filled with food smells which could be quite nice and it sometimes could be quite disgusting. I think it's a bit yeah. shocking. How does one manage that if we are in an open environment without a closed-off kitchen? Um, I, I'm not quite sure if that's a, a, a serious problem or, or something just trying their luck here. No, no, look, uh, we, we haven't really encountered um, that problem that much in our space. But w- what what we normally do when we engage with our clients is that we, we encourage them to engage uh, with with us, right? Uh, the, 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 the message they talked about, uh, maybe the menu not uh, being um, being ideal or, or, not, or not addressing uh, some of their uh, requirements, some of their needs. You, you really need to um, have discussions uh, with your service providers um, in terms of uh, changing and refreshing uh, the menus. The menus needs to be in line with the demographics or with your um, people's um, requirements and people's um, taste buds. So there definitely needs to be, and and and, and this is where really facilities uh, management becomes quite important because that that for me is really a classic ex- example of 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 trying to keep people um in the office trying to uh retain people and also trying to attract people is how do you uh, become a bit more innovative with the menus that you provide right because um so someone else uh, might say you know what the reason i'm going to the office is because the lunch is absolutely awesome you know uh, the, the, and and that's why i go um to the office and that's the level that we want to get to 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 a point whereby uh, people Come to office because the lunch is absolutely uh, at the canteen is absolutely um, awesome. Uh, it's better than something that I will actually whip up in the morning um, as I get my kids ready um, to go to school. So that that's the ideal point that we want to get to. Um, and you know, just something that um, I was just thinking about now as you were talking, um, just from an, an, an engineering and an air circulation point of view, South Africa has a unique problem: is that these big air conditioning systems need electricity in order for them to operate. A lot of these buildings don't have windows that open out and they had balconies on them, but most of them are just glass shards that rely very heavily on air conditioning to make sure the air is fresh and circulated. How are you dealing with that with the current crisis? So it really is a big um, challenge uh, and and that's a great discussion um, altogether, but 
the, the advice that we offer to our clients, we've got a lot of uh, clients uh, that we look after um, their engineering um, engineering assets, is we really need to move to a point uh, where we kind of uh, are able to generate um, your own um, power in your own facilities, right? Um, in the past, uh, that used to be only generators, right? But the technology, once again, has moved so much that a lot of our clients are now looking at um, solar PV. How can we actually, um, and, and we're advising a lot of them to actually maybe that might be the best uh, route to go. Uh, putting as much as you do uh, at your home, putting uh, your solar um, PV on your roof, uh, your inverter, as well as uh, your battery, so less uh, noise pollution and less um or uh, and less air pollution that you get uh, from your generator. So that, that we've seen a lot of take up from our clients with respect to that particular um, technology. Because I mean, uh, the, the challenges that we're currently facing in our country right now is not only obviously an FM challenge uh, only, but it's it's everyone really facing their challenge. Because the the, the same client um, who would struggle with their aircon probably will struggle with their servers um, as well if there's no power. So you need Correct. to really have a, a, a holistic um, solution in trying to solve um, this um, particular problem. Yeah. And like I said, for me, and I, I, I think with the with the renewable that we have at this point in time, predominantly solar PV, uh, we, we're really addressing a lot of um, challenges, uh, addressing a, a challenge of power shortage. At the same time, we're also addressing the challenge of moving into a much more greener, um, environmental-friendly power um, generation. So there, there's really a number of uh, silver linings uh, in this dark cloud. Zandira, I wish you could see the next SMS that comes from somebody who calls himself Angry Mac. He says he's no. a facilitator in a wood bank. Um, he says it's all good and well to deal with, with electricity because we can overcome that by being self-reliant. But when water, number one, doesn't flow for a long period of time, it then pumps sludge through our system, which blocks up stuff and corrodes pipes. Number two, the quality of water, I feel, is making people ill. We are now looking at a totally independent water filtration and supply system. And I feel that is the way the country is going to have to go. What is your guest's opinion on that? I, I, I think really my advice um, to um, people like him and really to, to everyone else um, out there um, in the corporate is, I think right now is really the time to sit down and put in place your business continuity plan, right? Um, and and for me that that's a, a much more uh, holistic uh, approach um, to this one because you, you we can talk about water uh, now. The next uh, issue is going to be around um, security or or something else. You, you really really just need to, uh, and we're seeing a lot of this. Uh, from our clients, from our key clients, um, who have now started really this process of making sure that they've got this business continuity um, plan. So uh, as a process in this business continuity plan, you ask yourself, what risk exactly am I exposed to and how do I go about mitigating those uh, risks? What options 
who I have uh, in place, and you, you can you, uh, people have um, boreholes uh, in their facility. Is borehole um, the right uh, solution um, for you? Do you wanna get a couple of um, tanks uh, that are gonna be a backup um, for you? You can test um, the water um, there. Uh, just make sure that it's of the right quality, and if it needs to be treated, you can also get it um, treated accordingly. You know. Um, so, but but I think. We, we, Business people and really companies need to now really go back and say, you know what, we need to have a business continuity plan in place. It doesn't mean that we basically things are going to happen or we're planning for them. We have to plan uh, for things, whether they happen or not. You know, we just definitely need to plan. I think that's what we need to do now. Then that's exactly what it is. This is the opportunity now, you know, to, to look at the sort of the worst case scenario and put, yeah. put stuff in place. Um, and you know what? Somebody's just come through now, calls himself, um, Greg says, what we are finding with younger people coming in, um, whether they're qualified graduates or not, is the risk of information leak. Says all of a sudden, the youngsters are so tech savvy that we are spending a huge amount of time and money updating, protecting, and educating our new staff to make sure that they do not walk off with our corporate information. This Mm -hmm. has led to a lot of hostilities where younger people feel that they are being watched and they're being monitored. How does one discuss this in a way that is collaborative without compromising security of the company? So so for me, the best approach uh, on that one would essentially be able uh, to sit down with these people um, with your employees, young employees, and, and then just let them understand understand exactly what the risks are. You know, if, if the company is exposed to these risks, you as an employee are also kind of uh, exposed, right? Where does that put the job security, your job? If me as a company um, cannot guarantee my survival tomorrow because I'm basically exposed, how do I then guarantee you um, that you will still have a job um, tomorrow? And and it it shouldn't really about scaring uh, people, but it should really be about making people realize what the risks are if that kind of practice uh, continues um, unabated. And and, and, and I think I think uh, and I, I think I definitely do give credit um, to employees if you sit down with them and engage with them and really uh, play open cards uh, with them. You find that in most cases, they definitely understand where you're coming from and they will be the ones advocating um, for what you're trying to achieve and assisting you in what you're trying to achieve. Great. And then let's take a quick break. We're basically running out of time. When we come back, I want to talk about renewable energy with you. I see that's uh, something you've got a lot of experience in. We'll be back with you in a moment. This is RV on Business. Andina, coming back to you, unfortunately, we're really running out of time. But Mm -hmm. what I'd like to sort of just get in in a nutshell, is South Africa really behind the curve internationally when it comes to renewable power? Is South Africa able, are companies able to generate enough power for themselves? Or, you know, like in the COVID scenario, we really had to play catch up at some stage. 
So, look, I, I definitely think um, we are ahead um, when it comes to um, self-generation. Um, We've learned quite a lot of lessons um, in the utility scale, um, renewable energy, right? We've got that program, which was called the REAP, ran um, for a number of years, uh, still running, but that's for big power stations. And I think there's really been quite a lot of benefits that we are now um, reaping uh, as, as as a result of that particular um, pro, uh, program that, that's there. So I think uh, when it comes to uh, companies uh, generating their own power, I think we I'm of the firm view and firm belief that we definitely probably uh, had in, uh, compared to most of our um, competitors who still basically uh, have got access to power and they're comfortable uh, that way. This has forced us uh, to rethink about how do we generate power, how do we become a bit more um, sustainable, and, and 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 really, I think we. My view is that we kind of ahead, but it's the, obvious the circumstances kind of forced us um, to to make a plan. And, and and as good old South Africans, that's one thing we can definitely do: make a plan. And we've definitely done that here. Oh, absolutely, there's no doubt about it. Um... It, what people are asking here is, is it really necessary to go to the extent, is this, is this challenge not just temporary? Electricity will eventually get back to where it needs to be and our water will get sorted out. Or am I being naive? So I, I think we all we all want to be uh, optimistic and, and absolutely I'm, I'm, I'm also uh, of the view that at some point, we will solve all these challenges that we're facing at this point in time, right? Um, we, we definitely need to keep um, that, uh, the, the, the feet um, there. But at the same time, we need to, the, the reality is that we need to keep uh, the business running. We need to service uh, our clients, right? Um, if you face uh, with stage four, stage five, uh, stage six, sometimes it makes it difficult to be able to deliver the service that you're supposed to uh, deliver. And that, of, of course, has got a, a, a very negative uh, impact uh, on the economy. There's a couple of studies that were done a, a few years ago in terms of the impact of load sharing because, I mean, it goes without saying, if there's that load sharing, then the productivity is definitely going to go down. We need to get the the, the, the productivity um, up uh, again. Last week, I think uh, the IMF came up um, came out with uh, projections, and and, and they're projecting I think zero point one um, percent growth um, for, for South Africa, something uh, of the sort. You know, and 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 it just that, that for me kind of paints the picture in terms of where we are as a country. And I don't think we're in a position to be able to wait for the 18 months um, until this whole thing um, gets sorted out. We need to get back to working and be productive right now. So, and and that's why I think it's quite important uh, that we try by all means to be self-sustaining. So that, that, that's the first point. And the second point, which is quite important, is also the environmental um, impact, right? As we move to these renewable energies, we, 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 we're kind of reducing the reliance that we have uh, on fossil fuels, on coal, uh, right? So, the, 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 so the, there's really quite a lot that needs to be said in terms of 
the the environmental benefits of the the roots or the journey that we're taking uh, right now um, as a country. Because I think even if the lotion gets sorted out um, at the end of um, uh, 2024, you would have that installation uh, on your roof. That installation is going to be running um, there for uh, around about um, 20 years. That's the life uh, span of these installations. we're going to be uh, less reliant uh, on, on, on ESCOM uh, in some cases, also actually feeding uh, to the grid uh, less reliance on the power stations that we have at this point in time, which everyone says, you know what, there needs to be that transition, uh, that just transition that everyone keeps on um, talking about. And I think at this point in time, we're seeing um, consumers uh, actually playing a vital role in that particular transition rather than us holding, sorry, uh, folding our, uh, our hands and waiting um, for ESCOM, we actually have now uh, actively got involved and make sure that that trans- transition happens and we, we, we determine how it works or succeeds. Fantastic. Andina, absolutely fascinating. Um, and all the best to you. It must be a very, very challenging time, but I'm sure once you get it right, you can create models that you can emulate throughout But thank you so much for your time today, and I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you very much. Great. Thank you. Everybody, that was Andila Ngudlawa. Sorry about the pronunciation. He's the Managing Director of Facilities Management Division at the Impact Group. Thank you so much for listening. Craig, thanks so much for pushing the buttons. Andila, once again, thank you, and we will speak to you next week.